Good morning. It is Monday, October 24th, 2022, and this is DC Signal to Noise. Since we last talked, China completed its once-every-five-year Communist Party Congress. Several polls have been taken, and it looks like Republican House candidates, at least the House candidates, are gaining momentum. Congress adjourned and is still on recess. The Cyclones have still not won a Big 12 football game. And the Phillies and the Astros won their league championships and will meet in the 2022 World Series starting on Friday. And maybe the best news out of all of that is Election Day 2022 is just a short 15 days away. Pro Farmer Policy Analyst Jim Wiesmeyer. Good morning, Jim. How are you? Good morning. And a shout out to all the people who came up to me, Chip. You need to hear this, too, that they say that they like what we do. Keep it up. Uh, And that was in San Antonio at SEPA's conference and at a farm uh, credit insurance conference in Austin, Texas. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Welcome to you all. Glad that you are joining us this morning. I'm AgriTalk host Chip Flory. Uh, if you would like to be part of the conversation this morning, find the comments tab on your screen, click on that. It will open a dialogue box and send us your thoughts, send us your questions, and we will try to have an answer for you by the end of the the conversation here this morning. You've been traveling some, Jim, uh, early last week and late last week. What did you learn? Well, I learned that uh, cotton, I was in cotton country for sure. Mm -hmm. You're going to have fewer acres next year. Oh, yeah. I'll I'll tell you that. So that might mean a bull market, uh, Chip, if we have any problems with cotton that is planted. One. Two is a lot of questions on a farm bill. Well, we have one. Uh, The consensus among the congressional staffers at some of the meetings I attended was mixed, but primarily most of them think there's going to be a one or two year extension. Uh, Lots of questions on the uh, emergency relief program. Some concern, Chip, uh, because how many years do you have an ad hoc disaster program before it's no longer ad hoc? And if if we go into a permanent ag disaster program, the concern is that that could really merge into the current existing uh, private federal government crop insurance program. And that would not be a good situation. Yeah. Jim, is so much of the conversation about what this next farm bill is going to look like and what is going to be the main topic of conversation to to this point has been on the conservation title because of everything, you know, the climate smart farming projects uh, that have been launched by USDA using commodity credit corporation funding. I'm hearing more and more about Listen, no, we need to keep the focus on Title I and yeah. that safety net. Uh, yeah. You're picking that up? Oh, absolutely. The commodity okay. groups, the farmers, uh, basically they're saying uh, the Title I needs sub- substantial reform. And most of them indicate uh, ref- indexing uh, you know, reference prices and loan rates uh, to, uh, you know, you, you'll make it more, you know, you know palatable, Chip. And the, the concern is where the money would come from. But uh, I'll tell you, with, uh, uh, you know, food so important right now from a national security perspective, I tell the audience that, you know, don't give up on getting more funding. And especially because the spread between food and nutrition uh, funding in a farm bill, which is like one point, uh, over $1.1 $1. 1, uh, trillion, uh, billion dollars. Uh, where's a trillion? Uh, 
<laughs> you about made me spill coffee right there. It's trillion. It's trillion. Oh my goodness. Yep. And, and much less for the title one program. So you can uh, uh, see the, the, the concern here that the title one is really losing clout. Yeah. Uh, it now is it could title one be reformed? Because to me, reformed means a new style of safety net, or is it just going to be updated to reflect, you know, you, Jim, I think it was 1988 farm bill when they, right. when they changed. Uh, yeah, I, I would say updating chip to, but, to make it reflect the current, uh, yes. I hate to say current cost of production because we've tried that one. And the, the question there is whose cost of production and you get into a minefield there. Yeah. But you know, I was, it was probably, it was probably the first farm bill in the nineties when you said to me, uh, Chip, keep in mind, a farm bill is a snapshot of the current farm economy conditions, and they write a bill to fit those conditions. If we if we do that in 2023, it's probably going to mean a significant increase on those reference prices. Uh, absolutely. And indexed. Now, normally you got to shy away from indexing, you know, but that's what the uh, some lawmakers and some commodity groups uh, want, because otherwise they're, 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 this Title I is really, really getting watered down, uh, Chip. And, <clears throat> you know, we've talked in the past about pumping up the Commodity Credit Corporation from 30 yeah. you know, billion maximum uh, to 50 billion or, or, or 60 billion. But boy, I'm, I'm getting some pushback on that because uh, unless the use of that is specifically prescribed in legislation, that gives the USDA secretary wide latitude in how to use that funding. So farmers yeah. and others say, you know, that depends on the how, who, who, who the ag secretary is because they could have their favorite programs. Interesting. Okay. All right, boy, we're going to have a, a lot more discussions, many more discussions about the farm bill before we even start writing it. So stay tuned for those conversations. Jim's ideas and opinions are going to be evolving on, on that as we move forward. Uh, Okay, let's take a look at what has happened over the last week. And and I'm going to save China for the weekend because it did wrap up over the weekend. But let's go let, let's go over some of the things from last week. Ukraine says that Russia is delaying the passage of the uh, of the grain ships uh, and that we're starting to build a queue again in the Black Sea of of vessels hauling Ukrainian grain. This doesn't sound good. No, and it's 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 Putin flexing his muscles again uh, on this one. He usually falls back in line for grains. He just wants higher prices for his own wheat, Chip. Okay. Um, this this comment from Treasury Secretary Yellen has got me more than a little bit concerned based on her track record. And it's maybe not as bad as some of the other Fed governors out there, but or Fed chairman. But when she says that inflation is not embedded, it makes me think that inflation is embedded. <laughs> yeah, her tr track record as a Treasury Secretary is not good, Jeff. Right, and, right. Boy, you when I mean, I've been traveling now a lot, and uh, I'd have to say it's embedded. And that should fear the, the the Fed is fearing that because even though U.S. equity markets shot higher 
uh, on uh, Friday when the Wall Street Journal, which is almost a mouthpiece for the Fed's uh, thinking, by the way, uh, they, they've got a good leak there, uh, <clears throat> that we might, we'll have a 75 basis point hike on November 1 and 2 FOMC meeting, but then possibly they would ratchet it down to 50 basis points in December. That is not a pivot. So I, I don't know why the market got so excited. The pivot is when the Fed stops uh, right. Uh, right. raising and then starts to lower. And we're, we're a ways from that. Uh, uh, plus, they, they've got their book to have to deal with, Chip. So I think we're getting way ahead of ourselves there. Right. Okay. What is this about the EPA and the Green Bank? The Environmental Protection Agency on Friday began the process of designing a $27 billion green bank that will offer grants to disadvantaged communities around the United States. That's their social justice uh, ideas. And see, there's your flexibility. Once once Congress does not specifically prescribe a certain use of the fundings provided, and what was it? It was over $300 billion yep. for climate. Uh, 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 it's hard to spend that much money. It, it is, as they're, yeah. seeing, as they're seeing. Yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. So it's just their social justice. Uh, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, we talked on Friday with Tyson Redpath from the Russell Group about the $800 million in debt relief for disadvantaged farmers. Now, the definition is much more broad than it was earlier for this program. But this is an equity issue, isn't it? Well, you got to be careful here. Uh, it, it is, and you should see the emails I'm getting from farmers on this one, Chip, especially the ones who's had to sell off yeah. some of their property to make their bills that aren't in arrears, you know? Yeah. So this gets into emotion, and I feel for those, uh, you know, farmers writing me, and, and I've thrown their their comments to the usda personnel it's almost you're better hey. off with your inner rears and when you say that it flashes me back to the early 80s if you were if you were in arrears and upside down on a farm loan the bank and the farm credit system worked with you because they couldn't get anything out of you yes. that was the bottom line if you were making payments, if you were up to date on your payments and you had equity in your farm, those are the guys that got foreclosed on because the banks could get something out of that operation. Yes. This is very concerning. Yeah. Well, these are areas that we don't have much history at USDA doing. And uh, it's, I think it's showing, uh, Chip. And, you know, this could get worse next year. I was talking to down in uh, uh, San Antonio, Dr. Joe Outlaw, Texas A&M. Oh, yeah. One of the best professor, the best professor, I think, in agriculture in the land grant uh, system. And I asked him, I said, uh, you know, uh, Joe, you you, uh, Texas A&M did a study. Are we, uh, are, were we uh, going to be as bad off as the depression was in the eighties? And of course the, initially the report said no, but he said, uh, these payments, uh, the Trump payments and now the other payments that we've seen under the Biden administration, they're ending chip. Mm -hmm. And so that puts more weight on what we call the open market, which can yep. be kind of rough. And so right. he is concerned about uh, 2023 from a farm income and cash flow perspective. Okay. Uh, 
Tanner just sent us a message. I think this is interesting. He said, heard an interesting take this last week. Quote, we do not have a labor issue. We have an issue with businesses not paying what the market demands, being hyper-focused on the demand side of the inflation talk. We do. Why do we not draw attention to the supply side output and uh, carve policy around that? Is anyone attempting to push broad-based policy that incentivizes production and disincentivizes the retention of capital? Uh, well, you're, are some production of, incentives have always been in place. Yeah, and you've got uh, the, well, it's your business taxes are there, right? For for that, right? And if I'm looking for any incentive for on the production side of things i'm not looking to the government for it i'm looking to the market for it and there's plenty of incentive coming from the market to produce every freaking bushel that you can grow not only in 2022 but in 2023 and, and but we do have a physical labor shortage problem because uh, yes. many many agribusiness executives tell me that that they're focusing on retaining the associates they currently have, let alone having a hard time finding new ones. And and they have significantly raised not only the uh, remuneration in payments, but also the uh, benefits. And uh, they're still found uh, wanting. And, you know, this immigration issue, Chip, we're way behind in legal immigration. And the Ag sector really counted on that. So that's another conundrum in, in this whole issue. Bottom line, uh, the, the, at least this administration is not giving production incentives, uh, you know, in the, in the crude oil industry. If they were, we right. wouldn't be in this. Right. That's in, right. In, in, in this energy situation. So I hear what you're saying. Great, but, Great uh, point. Uh, I think it's a, it's, it's, it's a system of uh, the, the need for actual labor you know, people, people. All right. Good points. Okay. Uh, and speaking of the border issue, a record 2.4 million migrants illegally crossed the Southwest border in fiscal year, 2022, almost 4 million total under president Biden now. So enough said and yeah. our border is open and it's not uh, secure as some of the top people in the Biden administration say, you know, it's hard. It's hard to give speeches uh, when you have to say the administration is lying, Chip, but I have to. Well, at least you could talk about, you know, that uh, the deficit is down one point four trillion dollars year on year. <laughs> you can i mean that's got to be some good news isn't yeah, it yeah at the end of the covid payments primarily it's going to yeah. back up yeah i want to get to this china question that gary's asking okay okay g tightens his grip on china leadership uh and at was i think it was right at the end of the congress here's the question from gary what do what we are mean? we supposed to take away from the disturbing video of former president hugh being escorted away from I believe it was the final meeting of the uh, Communist Congress. And it was near the end. Yeah, it was. Usually you don't have any drama like that, Gary, in a, in a party Congress. It's choreographed, let me tell you. But now the the, the later on, uh, the, the uh, Chinese press said he was sick and they were taking him out. I, I, I just don't believe that. because He didn't initially, look like he was sick to no, me. They had to pull him up by the arm. And uh, and then he tried to get a paper or something at G's yeah. desk. 
and G wanted no part of that. It's disconcerting. And uh, bottom line, seems like I there mean, may have been a statement coming. Uh, yeah, could have been. Yeah, and we were. Uh, we're going to have a special report on this in Pro Farmer Newsletter this week. But bottom line, Chip, the markets are speaking right now. They're seeing a very aggressive G coming out of this. He got all of his party loyalists to him. That party is him now. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that's affecting the marketplace. And it's going to get into trade relations, economic relations with the U.S. and other Western countries. He He's speaking that uh, the rise of the East and the decline of the West. And this, this was not a good, uh, a good party Congress for those outside of John. Yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, you know, early last week, there were some economic data. Uh, the, the release was delayed in China. And the assumption was that was because the data wasn't strong enough to fit the narrative of what was going on at the Congress. But in reality, the, uh, the trade surplus came in stronger than expected. I think the GDP came in stronger than expected. Than expected, yes. But but could have been a little bit of massaging to those numbers too before they were released. It it could have been. They released them Sunday night. Uh, right. Lot, uh, at least I think they were supposed to be released on the 18th. So, yeah, he wanted no part of that while the party congress was going on. And, Let's uh, stay yeah, in they're Asia. They're probably lower. They're probably lower because right. he's going to continue his zero COVID policy. Yeah. So that's why their GDP is going to be shaky until they move off of Jim, that zero COVID policy. More and more people are advancing the theory that the zero COVID policy and the the rolling shutdowns of of regions. Yeah, there may be some COVID connections to it, but it's really China's way of rationing food. Hmm. Uh, have you heard much? No, but I'll, okay. I'll ask our China watchers. Though. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Uh, also over the weekend, let's stay in Asia for right now. The tensions between North and South Korea, this is as high as I can recall it for quite some time. Well, he keeps firing, you know, Kim uh, from North Korea keeps firing uh, more and more powerful missiles uh, uh, over over the area, including in Japan. So uh, this just shows you the high anxiety in the world, and it's not uh, limited to Ukraine and, and Russia whatsoever. And Iran's putting people in the Crimean area now, while at the same time, the Biden administration is trying to work a deal with them on nuclear energy. Figure that one out. <laughs> when it comes to energy, you, you can't figure a lot of this out right now, Jim. It, it, you, you, they say that the, that there are dots to be connected on all of this, but they look pretty disjointed to me. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's another issue I heard from more than a few farmers. Chip is the price of diesel, and yeah. uh, they've got we've got a problem with limited with demand increasing, and it's going to increase more as we get into the winter. And then you've got uh, diesel prices what uh, flirting with five fifty, I guess. Uh, and uh, only un, uh, at or below a 20-day supply for inventory. So uh, this is something we've said for months to watch out. When, when it became fall, it's fall. Right. Currently, the U.S. has just 106 million barrels of diesel and heating oil and commercial stocks. The last time inventories were that low in mid-October was 1951. Yes. 
1951 since stocks were this tight. I was three um, years old. <laughs> uh, we've got a few more households to warm. We've got a few more Walmarts yes. to supply, grocery stores. Uh, th- this is... Uh, and I, we, We've been talking for weeks, months about the trials... And the and the potential suffering that we are going to see in European countries, this doesn't make me feel good about how things are going to feel here in the United States at all. Well, especially in New England area that uses that. Yeah, they're they're significant uh, heating heating oil, and of course we ship more than a a, a, a small amount of uh, diesel to Latin America and Europe. Right. So there's, again, there's a conundrum again. What do you do from a geopolitical perspective if you're even contemplating throttling back uh, uh, exports? It's, it's, it's a dilemma. Oh, it certainly is. Okay, another thing from over the weekend that uh, we need to mention here quickly, student loan forgiveness has been put on hold by an administration, was set back uh, by the Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals on Friday, blocked Block the ability to repay, to forgive the uh, the loan repayments. Yeah. And the administration put out over the weekend, I think 22 million have already signed up, you know, you, you, you know for that program, uh, 22 million students and more to come. So, <laughs> and uh, just think that would, the, the deficit reduction would have been larger had we not had that program, Chip. Because you're at what four hundred billion dollar price tag on that that some people say could 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 be a, a lot more, a lot of money. Listen, listen, if, if if there was fraud involved, if there is fraud involved, and uh, the colleges, you know, some way duped these students out of out of these funds, that's one thing. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to re. I don't want to repay somebody's student loans for their bad decisions. Bottom line, right there. Yeah. I'll say it. I don't care. <laughs> I just don't want to. I paid mine. I paid my wife's. I paid my daughters. I helped with my sons. I've done my share. I'm yeah. done. Although the price college was a lot lower when I went to school, I still had to work. Not two based jobs. on earnings. I still had to work two jobs to help my parents pay. You know, uh, Adam Adam uh, points out current government policy is disincentivizing production in a whole bunch of commodities, and that's prep. I I agree with you. I yeah. agree with you. Right. Okay. Uh, Jim, we're two next year. We got to take a look at the week ahead, right? Uh, let's see. What have we got? Well, let's start with this. We're 15 days away from the election. Where do you see the momentum going? Oh, the momentum is clearly, and uh, even the mainstream press is is saying it's going to the Republicans, not only in the uh, House races, but some Senate races. You've got Arizona masters out there with the uh, governor. Uh, is it is it Ricky Lake? Uh, you know, former broadcaster. Uh, I think she's helping the Republican candidate Masters against Kelly, the Democrat. So that could mm. that could be a pickup there. You have the debate, I think, tomorrow in Georgia. Uh, uh, no, I'm sorry, Fetterman. 
uh, in, uh, in, Pennsylvania. in Pennsylvania and Dr. Oz. So that yeah. will be curious. We've already had the debate in Georgia where, where uh, Walker and Walker did, did, did a, a, you know, a yeah. pretty good job. So yeah. that, that's a, it's now we're in the final stretch, but the, the, the polls are beginning to really gel here, you know, for the Republican. And I know you had my good friend, uh, Dave, Wasserman Dave Wasserman on last week, and he sent me a story he did today in the New York 17th district. He had a rating change. The Democratic Committee chairman, Maloney, is moving from lean Democrat to toss up. So that, that's another indication of some late moves, Chip. Yeah. Uh, Gary says earlier here, watch Michigan. It may turn red. Prop 3 will have a huge parent turnout. Hmm. And Prop 3 is what? Yeah, Gary, hit us with the Refreshing. details on Prop 3. I'm not exactly sure what Prop 3 is. You know what? Let's go on to another topic, and I'll look that up here real quick for us. Uh, the Senate, if we – is it really so tight as, the? you know, it's Democrats pick up one seat, House uh, Republicans pick up one seat, and that's about as tight as it can be. Yeah. Well, 50-50. It could yeah. be 50-50 again, depending when you go through. Now, real clear politics, and I would tell the viewers and listeners, that's the probably the best and safest one to monitor because they're an amalgamation of these polls. And right now, they're saying a Republican pickup of three seats, Chip. Okay. So 53. I would watch real clear politics. Okay. Very good. Uh Proposi proposal three, sponsored by the group Reproductive Freedom for All, would enshrine abortion rights into the state constitution okay. in Michigan, Jim. So, well, the Supreme Court, the Dem uh, the Republicans have had a hard time with this abortion issue. What what they should say is the Supreme Court did not ban abortion; they just left it up to the states. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And this yeah. is Michigan may be going that way. Yeah. Um, as it may be. Well, but when you take a look at the polls and you had some of the details in, in the issues that matter to the most likely voters in your report today, I didn't see abortion on the list. Well, it's down. And then, of course, when you put the Democrats list versus a, a both together, uh, abortion is up there, Chip. But I'll tell you, a number of Democratic election advisors are telling uh, the candidates in the Democratic Party, you have emphasized abortion too much. Yeah. And they're getting hit with the economy, inflation, jobs, uh, the border issues, and of course, food inflation and crime. Crime, uh, to me, is probably the biggest issues in some of these swing states. Yeah. Uh, look at the New York governor's race now is very close. That tells yeah. you all you need to know. A liberal city like New York City is neck and neck between a Republican and a Democrat. Say right. no more. Right. It's also close in Minnesota on the governor's race. Waltz is now behind slightly. And I had more than a few Minnesota people at these meetings uh, last week. And they're saying that's for real. He, he, he could possibly be dethroned. Wow. Okay. Uh, take us over to the UK. What a mess. Oh, 
you know, uh, the the former finance secretary that we would call, uh, you know, chancellor of the exchequer, uh, is only 42 years old. He's going to win it. Uh, you know, Richie, Sunak? Sunak, yeah. yeah. Uh, 42 years old. The, the youngest potential prime minister in over 200 years, Chip. But he's a solid guy from all my reading. But look at that. This will be the third prime minister for UK this year already. That's <laughs> that's that's you. You talk about uh, a mixed uh, high anxiety for that country. Then you lose the fabric it, of the former queen. Yeah, it's. I feel for. I feel for Britain. Yeah. Uh, is are some in Britain saying, "Hey, we need to get back into the EU"? I'm sorry. Are some in Britain saying we need to get back into the EU? Some well, lawmakers. There's always some, but no, the, I, the, the wide consensus is that they like where they're at. Okay. All right. What else you got going this week, Jim? Well, tomorrow I head to California to the National Renderers Conference, NARA. Uh, so it's out in California at a place I've never been. So I'm kind of looking, you know, looking my for uncle, it. My uncle Gene ran National Byproducts out of Clinton. All right. Hmm. He was he was high up in in the organization. I don't ever remember them making a trip to California for a meeting. Hmm. I, I'm just saying, you know, maybe things maybe times have changed a little bit in the last 30 <laughs> years or so. It's a good group. And I go through a lot because, of course, the meat and livestock sector and all that. So I can't wait to speak to him. I spoke to him uh you know, this summer when they were in D.C., Gary is telling us we'll read that bill or that amendment. Yeah, yeah. So we'll yeah, we'll, we'll bone up on it because there's probably other things in there that caught food the, you know, you know, people's attention. Food prices are going to be a topic again tomorrow because uh, USDA puts out another look at the food price inflation. So we need to be aware of that. And on the energy front. We get earnings throughout the week, including Exxon Mobil, Shell, Total Energy, Chevron. That's and you know get... what they're going to say? They're going they're, they're to be very profitable. So within a nanosecond after they put out their right. earnings, the White House will point the finger saying, lower your prices. Yep, that's exactly right. Oh, you forgot something. Lower them now. 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 <laughs> okay. Um, the... We, we've also got some, uh, uh, real quickly, we've got earnings from ADM this week, too. Yeah, it won't, uh, well, it depends on their margins and how they traded, too. So there's yeah. always risk to reward in in trading uh, on that one. But I'll That's tell you, right. Chip, I want to come back and say this diesel thing is big yeah. time. And an issue that is percolating, remember the rail strike, you know. That's yep. been November 16 is the, is the deadline there. So something that we have to watch very closely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. All right. Today on AgriTalk, we've got Machinery Machinery Pete and NCGA CEO John Doggett. We're going to talk about uh, the potential that Mexico is, is still looking at banning GMOs. Uh, so we're going to have to uh watch that very closely so we've got the conversation with john doggett this morning this afternoon 206 central clayton pope clayton pope commodities we'll be on to talk about what's going on on the markets guys have a great week everybody keep watching for those signals